Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, where we shine the spotlight on positive developments since independence in 1962 and the way forward for Jamaica. We also highlight positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition is powered by JN Bank. My guest is Bishop of Kingston, the Reverend Garth Minot. He is, uh, has been a priest for over 30 years and he was the Warden of Anglican Student at the United Theological College. Welcome, Bishop Minot. Ah, thank you so much, my brother. And welcome and good to be with your audience as well. Bishop, we just celebrated Jamaica's um, 60th independence uh, anniversary. Mm -hmm. And on this occasion, I want to ask you to share with our listeners mm -hmm. what is your vision mm -hmm. of the Jamaican society in the coming decades. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And once again, such a privilege to, to share uh, in this context. Before I share in terms of the decades ahead, I want to just look back uh, briefly because we have to know where we're coming from in order to, to get a sense and a vision of where we're going. And I recall a conversation with Professor uh, Rupert Lewis, uh, who is the son of a Baptist minister. And one of the things he points out is that he recalls his father uh, preaching in the 1950s and 60s leading up to independence. And what he got from his father's sermons uh, was a sense of nationalism, a sense that there was a collective spirit in the Jamaican people that they were looking forward to something different from the struggles of the 1930s. There was a groundswell in terms of collective responsibility, collective mindset, a collective ideology that we have come of age and that we wanted to move forward as a mature people. And Professor Lewis says that um, he found that with independence, which didn't quite go the way that his parents and others were anticipating, they were looking for something more of what uh, was emerging as a collective Caribbean ethos, um, which of course got sidelined with the collapse of federation. But there was the feeling that not only was there a collective groundswell in Jamaica, but there was a collective Caribbean ethos. And he felt that independence took that away because at independence, we felt we have we had come of age, we had achieved, and somehow the vision was lost. And I think my generation now and the generations to come will have to work to recapture that sense of collective responsibility for us as a nation, because where we are now is a situation where in the last general election, less than 30% of the Jamaican population voted for the now government. That is untenable. And you can continue as a nation to face a situation where the, a few people are responsible for the government in terms of election. So I think we, all of us has a, uh, has a responsibility now to ensure that we uh, recapture, rekindle that groundswell. And so I want to focus uh, the conversation going forward on, believe it or not, morality. Uh, of course, that is a, an area of specialism of mine. I taught ethics in the seminary as well. And so I want to focus on uh, ethics going forward um, in four areas, really, uh, of respect, love, integrity, and peace. Okay, well, let's talk about them. You mm -hmm. want to start with respect? Th certainly, yes. I have thought about this, and as I said, I... I I focused on this in, in my teaching and in my practice. I do a lot of work in advocacy for um, vulnerable and marginalized people. But I came to this in recent times from a book that I'm reading by um, John Maxwell, who is a, a guru in terms of leadership and morality. And he, in the book, the thesis of the book really, 
is that the solution to much of the problems that we face in the world and in society today is for people to live out the reality of um, what he calls the, the sort of moral principle of do unto others as you would have them do to, to you. And he makes much of all the major religions that have captured something of this moral injunction. And from the Christian point of view, it's rooted in Matthew chapter seven and verse 12, Jesus says, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. I am hanging this conversation around um, that principle. And I'm thinking of it um, in terms of, when we talk about respect, the National Commission on Violence Prevention recently put out a report. This is a commission operating out of the office of the prime minister. And the report pointed to the fact that much of the violent behavior in the Jamaican society is produced in the homes. Put another way, it is the homes in Jamaica that are producers of violent behavior in the society, which, which is contrary to um, a recent opinion poll put out by um, Don Anderson, which suggests that it's dance hall and dance hall culture and dance hall lyrics that is responsible for the violent behavior in the country. I would describe that as a symptom. That's not the real problem. That's just a symptom of the problem. The problem is in the homes. And therefore what we have to do is to redouble our efforts to fix the homes in Jamaica. Now, that is both a challenge and an opportunity. And that's why I'm coming to the word respect. It's a challenge in the sense that we know that we can't legislate matters relating to the home. The home is the domain of the family and the family is personal. It's, it's parents, it's grandparents, it's uncles and aunts, it's children, it's cousins and neighbors, etc. So no government can legislate what happens in the family. So one can understand the challenge there. The police can't go into a home and arrest a family member for not washing the dishes, for example. But we do know that learning to wash the dishes is a fundamental rule for organizing, you know, um, an individual uh, early lessons in discipline, um, you know, in, in personal boundaries, uh, etc. I'll come back to that. So the matter of uh, respect goes to the heart of what it means to begin to break the cycle of violence in the home so that it's about parents respecting children and the bible speaks to that in terms of you know children you know respect your parents parents don't provoke your children and so on so it, it goes to the heart of managing relations between um, parents and children and what do i mean by respect it is simply to see the other person as valuable and important, a VIP. Because Brother Byron, we are coming out of a context of enslavement where the black people were not seen as people. Now, albeit that that is true from the colonialist um, perspective, but they have driven that idea of non-personhood into us to the extent that while if you go on the street and ask people, well, do you see other people as people? I say, yeah. But in terms of how we treat each other, we do not generally treat each other uh, with that sense that everybody has, um, you know, uh, dignity and worth. So, for example, the way some parents will treat their children would suggest just that, that you're a child but not a person. And therefore, until you become an adult, you are not a person. So the way we speak with children 
uh, we're more taught down to them. They can't speak their minds. They are not allowed to share their opinions. We shut them down even before they open their mouths, etc. That has to go. Now, I recognize that the, the majority of homes in Jamaica are stable, well-organized, well-run. I'm not talking about the majority of homes in the country. Nonetheless, uh, Byron, there are a number of homes in the country where there's a problem. And yeah. therefore I'm proposing um, this sense of respect as a one step towards um, addressing that. I want to, I, I, it's fascinating. I want to step back because you mentioned, and it is, it is also, it's, it's interesting how we have two different views about what the same problem. Yes. We mean in the body, the body politic mm -hmm. or the society, because you mm -hmm. said that the Donaldson poll had mm -hmm. people saying that the problem is is of the violence is the is the DJs. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Here yes, is another set of yes. study. Yes, is, it is coming out of the family. Yes, but somewhere along the way, this, the national conversation need to intersect. Those two yes. need to intersect. Yes, correct. And 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 there, and there is a connection because yes. those. If it is true that the, the DJs are the villain, mm -hmm. they are coming out of homes and families. Very good, brilliant. But also, they have a strong soapbox, a strong platform. Yes, yes, and yes. So therefore, yes. somewhere along the way, we mm -hmm. need to get, we really need to intersect. Well, those, you see- Those, those so-called DJs yes. need to now be refocused to be yeah. able to talk, to talk about family yeah. And family values, that's a challenge, Pastor. Yeah, I know you're quite right. Now, you use the word intersect because they're not divergent. I did make the point that the dance hall focus is a symptom uh, rather than the root of the problem. So you can't ignore the symptom. When you go to a doctor, the doctor begins to ask you questions about your symptoms. Your symptoms is not, is not usually the problem. Your symptoms point uh, or there are signs of the problem. So I respect the, the, the view that, you know, the, the dance hall and the lyrics and the culture, et cetera. I respect the fact that these are problems and challenges. Um, but these DJs come from homes and therefore they are simply giving expression to what's happening in their homes. So that is, is, is not a contradiction. Uh, so, what we have to do there, and you're quite right, is now to get these DJs to begin to sing about their homes. Now, I have no doubt that if you do that, or when you do that, they probably sing about the same violence. And why am I saying that? Because they experience violence in their homes. And we do know from the literature that there are people who, they have a saying, violence begets violence. So if you're schooled, socialized, immersed in it, um, you know, for a long period of time, it becomes your reality. Yes, yes, yes. So, so therefore, yes. even asking the DJs to sing about family values will require a conversation before you do that. Yes, certainly. And yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm thinking more of re-socializing. Ah, them. yes, yes. To, to become, so, part, to become yeah. part of a thrust. A national yes, so, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So in, in church, yeah. we call it evangelism and conversion. We right. would need to have that, that movement first uh, so that they, as Rupert Lewis' father and, and that generation did, you have to first of all get a kind of ground swell in terms of a collective responsibility for the nation, and you know, then you know, once because, you get that, yes, it's interesting, you know, because I, I hear your your emphasis is on morals, and you start to respect, but but my mind goes back to an attempt by a former prime minister mm -hmm. to introduce something called values and attitudes. Yes, which yes. to me is the same. Is the same is a is this different side of the same coin about about morality. Yes, and and as to why that venture failed, we don't mm. know. But 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 that was an attempt, and so therefore I'm looking ahead to say to you now, mm -hmm. as you share your vision, how do we avoid <laughs> the dangers of um, politics and other yes. negative factors coming in the way? of this moral um, revolution, reformation that you are uh, referencing. 
Well, thank you for that, because my bishop at the time, Neville D'Souza, did warn the politicians that it was a good move, but the, the, the people who were voicing it, meaning the, the party and the government at the time, it was wrong. Because politicians are known to divide this country, and therefore they were not the proper voice to lead that mission. And his word has come to pass, and you just said it. And this is not new because my preface about what um, Professor Lewis says in terms of the groundswell in the previous pre-independence generation, and it is the partisan politics which divided the nation after the 1950s, which has put us where we are now. Yes, we have done, we have done a lot, we have achieved a lot, but it is politics that has divided the society. And therefore, you can't have a dividing instrument seeking not only to bring us together, but to proclaim morality. It's, 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 it's not going to work. And it, it, it didn't work, and it's still not going to work. So therefore, you have to use a neutral body yeah. um, to, to, to push that forward. It's not impossible. We have seen that with the um, Electoral Advisory Committee. And I think they now move to the Electoral Commission. Yeah, uh, some of us will remember the divisive nature of our politics, late seventies into the eighties. It, it's and it, yes, Go it's ahead. a it's a challenge because it has the the the, um, the lead has to should come from our political leaders. I mean, look at um look at South Africa mm -hmm. after decades of of bitter struggle. Mm -hmm. And they have been able to put together a truth and reconciliation commission mm -hmm. and former enemies and foe, mm -hmm. you know, talk and make up. You can still, I'm, I'm not saying that it is all hunky-dory. They're mm -hmm. still, still mm -hmm. there, but, but, mm -hmm. but, they, but they they went forward and, and, and took the bull by the horn. Yeah. In South Africa, there was a kind of join up, they call it a partnership. So it wasn't only the government and the government ensured that it brought on civil society, religious organizations, etc., into the mix uh, to build this new society beyond apartheid. And, and that's, that is required in Jamaica. Now there is no partnership principles in Jamaica right now, as I speak, you can't go and find a document where government, civil society, church, because the church is still dominant in Jamaica. You can't find a document that where we're, everybody set out what is the nature of the partnership that is going to drive the development of this nation going forward. It doesn't exist. And that is critical for us to move forward as a nation because it will recapture if and when a document of that nature comes forward. And I'm not suggesting the solution is in a document. Obviously, it is more relationships than document, but the document at least captures the spirit of, of that relationship. And I am of the view with Professor Lewis's father that you need a groundswell, you need a collective responsibility for um, the forward movement of, of this society. And, and that's where I, I come to my second point about love, because we have the fundamental ingredient for this collective responsibility. And as I said earlier, it, this is not a new, it's not new ground that we'll be breaking because we remember the divisive nature of our politics and around election time, the stuffing up ballot boxes, uh, killing people. I mean, the bloodiest election was that um, 7980 um, election well over 600 people were killed because of political violence. We can't afford to go back there. Thank God we have moved um, beyond that. Now, love um, is, is a Christian, well, it's not just a Christian word, but I like the Christian treatment of it because in, in the New Testament, it's not just one word that is used uh, to describe what we mean by love. In, in its New Testament treatment, um, love has to do with, you know, familial relationship, relationship between family members. Love has to do with relationship between friends. Love has to do with relationship between um, intimate partners. And love has to do with relationship between ourselves. 
and God, you know, the, the creator. So uh, we get a sense from the Christian heritage that love is a dynamic force uh, within our midst that is able to reach all aspects of our relationships. And now we can include the environment uh, in that because we know about global warming and the threats uh, in terms of rising sea levels, uh, et cetera. So, so you know, there, there has to be a sense of, um, you know, integration of all aspects of our lives. And Brother Byron, I think Bob Marley's song, One Love, um, you know, let's get together and be all right. That, that's kind of like a global anthem. Anywhere in the world you go. And that Bob Marley song is playing. I mean, I heard that playing in, 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 in stadium where Usain Bolt conquered the track. And once Bob Marley's anthem comes on, the entire stadium is singing, even those who don't speak a word of English. So, so there's this resonance of the ethos of love that I believe is able to bring together people of all races, nationalities, ethnicities, et cetera. And we have them in Jamaica. We talk about um, out of many, one people. So, so part of your challenge then, and I'm placing this on you, not just individually, but as a member of the broad mm -hmm. church community, a religious mm -hmm. community, mm -hmm. part of the challenge is how do we put love in action? Yes. Because yes. remember now, you know, Mm -hmm. There was a politician that mm -hmm. of, of recent memory that said mm -hmm. the word is love. Yes. <laughs> and, and even, even during that period, you had a yeah. kind of a you kind of yeah. a kind of a resurgence of perhaps what Professor yes. Father was yes. talking about. Yes, yes. But somewhere yes. along the way, yes. the other mischief that you mentioned earlier yes. about the partisan nature yes. of everything. Yes. That, that role railroaded along the way. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. the, yeah. Cha the yeah. challenge for you and the society, us going mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. How do we as a country um internalize Bob Marley's international anthem? All right. Yes, How no. do we as a country yeah. that, that 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 is that is more pluralistic mm -hmm. but 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 united than assert our neighbor up north? Yes. Yes. Oh. On paper, we 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 are where people a lot of people admire us because of our society and how it is, uh, you know, our unity mm -hmm. and so on. But mm -hmm. we are not practicing Bob Marley's yes. anthem. All right. In one love. Good point. Excellent point. Now, this is where you mentioned our neighbors up north, and I I really feel that we have to bring in external partners to help us move forward. It is sad, but I think I have to be a realist um, at the same time. Now, look at that debacle we had in 2010, after the 2008 uh, recession. The Jamaican economy teetered on the brink of collapse. And when I watched the news in Sri Lanka the other day, and the chaos that was in that uh, country, I had to remind myself that we came close uh, as a nation to that. The IMF came in and said, we had all the ingredients in Jamaica to fix that economic um, challenge. And what did they recommend? And we implemented, uh, you could call it a partnership approach. Uh, we, they call it the debt, debt um, I forget the name they call it, but how it worked was they said the people with money in Jamaica must agree, a kind of debt swap, must agree to give up some of the interest they, they accepted on their investments. So let's say, for example, the government put out uh, an instrument to say, you lend us your money and we will give you 15% interest on your money. The IMF said, rather than taking 15%, take 10%. And they agreed because the IMF put to them the argument that the, the present state of the economy could not sustain the payment of interest that was promised to them at the beginning. And therefore, if they continued to insist on the fact that they needed uh, that kind of interest payment, the economy would collapse. And so they would end up with nothing. And we knew about the 1990s collapse of the financial sector. So nobody wanted to go back there. 
So pension funds, you know, investment funds, everybody came together and agreed that they would take a reduction in their interest payment in order to save the economy. We did it once and the IMF said, um, do it again. And we did it a second time. And here we are today with our economy, not perfect, but in a much better uh, and a much stable position coming even out of COVID um, for, for, for two years. What does that say to us, Brother Byron? It says to us that one, we have the capabilities within our society and nation to put love into action. But two, sometimes we need a little prodding, you know, a little push from outside. And some of our people will not listen to us on the inside. So if the message comes from outside, it's sad for me to say this, but it is true. If the message comes from outside, then they will listen. So therefore, we will have to, I spoke about partnership earlier, we will have to get our external partners on board in order to move us in, in this direction. Because rightly or wrongly, some of our people are of the view that they don't trust us. And that's not original to me. Uh, Rex Nettleford says this in his book, uh, Miro Miro. Uh, that uh, for some Jamaicans, they want to keep the crown, they want to keep the Privy Council because they don't trust the, the local administration. That's just a fact of life. Yeah. And until we cross that hurdle, we are going to need our external partners to move us to this direction of love in action. And now a word from our sponsors. Run out, run out, run out. Alone, helping you on your journey. Roll out and make a statement in your brand new John John, I know you're in there. I know when light to come back. I know Pinky this time. Akeisha. Akeisha, just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things there. So you can't stop, knock my door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for us. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsco.com for more info. From generation to generation, Jamaicans have depended on JN Bank to make the pride and joy of providing a safe place for their families possible. Now, with no processing fees and no down payment mortgage options, you can open the door to your own sweet home, a legacy to hand to your next generation. Visit JNBank.com to get pre-approved today. JN Bank will help you find a way. Welcome back to our podcast. Th thankfully, thankfully that that attitude is is um is receding. Yes. If you notice the recent poll, yes. more people, for example, yes, in favor of doing away with yes. the monarchy. Yes. That would yes. that would not have happened ten years ago. Absolutely, very good you point. Know? Excellent, excellent. I wanted, I wanted to, to to underscore though that mm -hmm. that 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 experiment with the um mm -hmm. with the JDX debt debt swap. Yes. We mm -hmm. during that period we actually um develop an a homegrown institution that, that's now been admired uh, by, by the international yes, financial yes, community, which is yes. the EPOC, the yes, um, yes, economic that, that oversight is, committee. Right. Yes, so, yes, so when yes. so when we when we put our minds to it, yes, we yes, to it, we get yes. it done, you know. Yes, very good. Now, so so that is the answer to, to my 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 proposal on love. Because that committee, in fact, the then head of the IMF, uh, a lady, I forget her name now, she came and indicated that we need to copyright that institution as a Jamaican creature. Lagarde. Yes, yes, Christine. So, um, so we, if you put that together with, um, with the Electoral Commission, here are two institutions created by Jamaica and Jamaicans that have stood the test of time and are demonstrating that Jamaica is a great place 
and that we can create institutions for our benefit and that we can actually loan to other people um, for their own um, sense of development. And I know the international institutions are looking to Jamaica to develop templates, not just on election and economic stability, but on social stability, religious stability uh, to move forward. I was part of a team um, of, of religious leaders um, that met uh, with the, the, the Global Fund, which is um, responsible for funding uh, interventions relating to HIV and AIDS globally. And I led a, a project um, some years ago. And at the end of it, the team said to me and the other members of the team, can we use a religious uh, methodology for social intervention and, and transformation? And they said to us, we need to copyright that intervention and, and you know, begin to share it with other um, countries to show that religion can be used as a tool for social transformation. So we have it within our nation. And therefore, apart from respect and love, I'm suggesting integrity as a, as a third plank for um, this building of, of Jamaica post-independence um, and as we move beyond uh, these 60 years into 70. And, and I'm looking more at 100, 150 years um, down the road. Because we have to think long term. Yes, we have and, to. And I have to entrust um, this society to my children and grandchildren. Definitely. Because I was saying recently that I came across some data that suggests at the present trajectory, if we continue with the rate of the, the heating of the Earth's surface in another 50 years, the earth will be um, uninhabitable. Now, I was saying that is one way to look at that, where my generation can say, well, you know, in 50 years, I won't be here, so it, it really don't matter. But that I find selfish and self-serving because then what would I be saying about my children and grandchildren? And therefore, it, it, the onus is on me to ensure that I begin to take steps to um, lead a process to ensure the earth is protected and preserved for my children and great-grandchildren um, to come. So it, it requires a sense of integrity. And what do I mean by integrity? Um, at the root of integrity is integration. And that's why um, go back to the, that 1950s ethos, there was a quest to regional integration uh, out of that came the University of the West Indies and um, now the beleaguered um, West Indies cricket. But uh, there was an ethos of integration and uh, integrity is really uh, suggesting that our bodies, our minds and our souls, our spirits are really one. And any attempt to separate them is really artificial. And I was given a useful illustration recently where it was said that when a passenger plane lands, the pilot hands to uh, attendants on the outside who are going to open the plane door because the main door of the aircraft is not open from the inside, it's open from the outside. But they have a key on the outside that opens it. So the pilot hands them a clipboard with the names of all the passengers on board. And I am told that the note at the top of the, the, the list of passengers describes the people as souls, not people. So let's say it has 300 people on board. It, the, the note at the top of the clipboard says 300 souls on board. And what that suggests to me is that we need to begin to pay attention to the holistic nature of people, body, mind, and spirit. And therefore what that suggests is we have to take seriously how people live, where people live, the quality of life uh, that, that they are living. And so for me, for example, it's untenable the kind of transportation arrangement we have in Jamaica today. I, I grew up in the 70s with the JOS buses. 
and I watched the, the, the falling apart of that system of transportation and the, the minibuses taking over and the chaos that existed on the road back then. I recall when the JUTC was created and part of that ethos was, was to create a, a society where people can join lines to take a bus, which we see elsewhere in the world. Where are we today? We've gone back to that situation where we're stumbling over each other and, you know, taxes overrunning each other on the road and so on. Brother Byron, we can't build a nation. Mm -hmm. We can't build a society on that kind of the, um, ethos. It's, it's not sustainable. That is a recipe for destruction. And we have it within us to do it. Yeah, I want to make a commentary. Um, I remember, this is a serious thing you just said. I remember the second attempt by the government to do, I would say the same values attitude thing, but from a different way. I think I think Prime Minister Bruce Rowling called it transformation. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a particular unit coming out of his office, which I think Al Miller, mm -hmm. one of my colleagues, Reverend Michael Aiken, were afraid mm -hmm. of bleeding and rolling. And a part of what they were doing was that the 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 lining up of school children on mm -hmm. the bus mm -hmm. they were using mm -hmm. just the bus thing as a way mm -hmm. a methodology mm -hmm. as you mm -hmm. just said a while ago mm -hmm. to bring order mm -hmm. yes. and, and and it was mm -hmm. working but i don't know if that was just a that was that was an, an an approach coming in from the side, or that was central to the thing. Yes, 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 yes. That was central to the thinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You would have done all you could to make sure that that system worked. Absolutely, yeah. So, because, so, yeah. What, so what you're saying makes sense, and there's a particular school in Kingston, mm. Constant Spring Road, <laughs> that it stood out. Yes, in the middle yes. of all the chaka chaka. Yes, in the bus, yes, the public yes. bus. I'm talking not a private right. bus. Yes. When yes. the public bus stopped by mm -hmm. that school in St. Yes. Andrew. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. The students uh, lined up. Line up very much so. Absolutely, yeah. Where in the world do you go and see? Well, I mean, it's, no, let me take that back. Because there are places that I know of where, I mean, countries where that kind of chaos uh, exists. Mm -hmm. But in, 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 the, in the majority world, certainly in the North Atlantic, um, you know, there is this um, dignity and decency right, right. with which we, we approach that. And, and you see a, a different kind of society. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's going to happen overnight, but I think we have to start somewhere. Well, I would, I would say if we never derail that process, mm -hmm. we would be far advanced now. Yeah, yeah. You and I never spoke about this, but mm -hmm. I felt during mm -hmm. those periods when we introduced the, the Chaka Chaka mm -hmm. system, bus mm -hmm. system, mm -hmm. And I just felt that the politicians just were were just thought that as a third world country, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. never we 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 didn't um uh, what's the word mm -hmm. warrant our benefit yes. um, anything. Yes. That's yes. what I said. Yes, yes, yes. That we don't need that. We are we, we are a developing country, so but, that is but, for first world people. But I find the point of integration mm -hmm. fascinating here because yes. if it is that we and we mean all of us the authorities yes. as well, mm -hmm. as, well mm -hmm. as us individually if mm -hmm. we decide that the the, the purse is a is a whole yes eh? yes. There is, yes there is there is you know mm -hmm. there is mm -hmm. aspect of them then we yes. will approach their mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It in that way. Absolutely, because I mean, it, it captures everything I've said before in terms of respect and, and love, uh, because part of the the, the, the the integration is that. But from a Christian point of view, we say people are made in the image and likeness of God. And if we respect God, then we have to respect those creatures that God has made and, and obviously reflect the, the image of, of God. So there has to be a, a, a place of looking at a brother, looking at a neighbor and seeing the very reality of God in them. And I don't care if it is a, 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 a person on, on this road the person still reflects the Im image and likeness of God. And I remember being in a discussion with a, with a professor 
uh, at the university who was saying, was saying to me, you know, the problem with people like me uh, as a religious person is that I'm too soft. Now, I, I take pride in my softness um, because I, I, I feel that we must not disrespect the dignity and integrity of anyone. I don't care how vicious a criminal that, that person is. The person is still a person. Yes, the behavior is abhorrent, but the person is still a person. Well, in the image and likeness of God, and that is not erased, irrespective of the behavior. Well, let's let's not forget that um, right on the cross, Jesus mm -hmm. um, gave mercy to a dead Roman. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah you see, so, so, so therefore, well, Jesus Himself was a dead Roman. Dead Roman, and while He was there, He was He was He was forgiving and giving mercy. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, so therefore, I am not. I can't go down the road of saying that at some point you lose your integrity or at some point you lose your dignity, etc. Not for a person made in the image of God. And I believe that everybody, including atheists and agnostics, everybody is made in the image and likeness of God and is deserving of respect. And my brother, that is the attitude that we have to take if we are going to build this post-independence, post-60th anniversary Jamaica. Uh, as a place where people can live, work, raise family, and, and do business. Uh, th this is really what, what, what we're after. And I'm suggesting uh, in these points that um, if we are going to do that and do it with any sense of integrity, then we have to treat people as whole people, um, integration of mind, body, and spirit. And this brings me to the last point I want to make, and that is in terms of peace. I use peace as against the regular narrative of justice. <clears throat> you know, we want justice is the regular chorus uh, in the country. And this is not to suggest that I'm undermining justice um, in any way. In fact, uh, one of our former High Court judge and Chief Justice, Lindsay Wolf, reminded us that there can't be any peace um, without justice. So justice is absolutely critical. And what is justice? It's really about uh, treating people uh, with equity and equality. Equity meaning the recognition that there are some people that are way ahead of the game um, in comparison to others. So there are some of us, for example, who um, went to you know special schools and uh, given you know, special opportunities in the country, um, those cannot be considered at the same level as others who probably didn't go to school, can't read and write, uh, et cetera. Equity demands that one, we respect where people are, but recognize that there are, um, in, in North America, for example, they have uh, some things where they say, depending on where you live and your color, et cetera, you need a special push uh, to give you uh, some kind of advantage as you move forward. I think some of that is, is, is required in our society in terms of equity, but in terms of equality as, as justice, uh, then it, it requires what I said earlier in terms of recognizing the dignity and the fact that people are made in the image and likeness of God. So there has to be a sense of equity uh, and equality with which we treat with people. And then peace um, is the kind of health. Uh, in the Old Testament word, shalom is what we use, which is it's not just peace in terms of the absence of violence. Um, God knows we, we, I don't think we can have a world without any kind of violence. We, we can work to reduce it and, and reduce it significantly. But this shalom is, is really um, a sense of peace, which is freedom, freedom to be who we were created um, to be, freedom to live out the values that I've been advancing um, so far. Peace really is, is not just peace of mind. It's a sense that um, ultimately, this is a gift that we, we have received. 
So to have peace is not, is that we're going to work to ensure there's no violence in the country? Yes, it relates to that. But ultimately and finally, peace is, is a gift. Uh, and, and if you permit me to quote um, a, a well-known song that we use in the Christian tradition, when peace like a river attended my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. In that regard, peace is a gift. It is a gift. Um, now, if you're a Christian or a religious person, you say it's a gift from God. But if you're not, if you're an atheist or an agnostic, which you know you could very well have some of those as your listeners, then it's, you, you could call it um, a gift from the universe. The universe has given us this gift called peace. And it enables us um, to live so that others uh, have the freedom and the possibility for life. And it goes back to my thesis about the do unto others as you would have them do to you. We can have the peace that we search for. I mean, in Jamaica is known as a violent country. I think we now are close to 50, um, you know, 50 out of every 100 that are killed because of violence uh, and, and, and violent crimes. That has to be reduced significantly. And, and, and it is the pursuit of peace that is going to enable us to do that. It is unsustainable for us to be killing so many people in the country. Recently, a police officer said that the number of persons killed since independence um, could fill the national stadium and more. Yes, it was a Gleaner story. Yes, no, that is untenable. It is very untenable, Bishop. And as we as we approach the coming decades, we have mm -hmm. to fix that. You have mentioned mm -hmm. in this conversation mm -hmm. uh, some of the the, 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 the the solution and the approaches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really, mm -hmm. I think, it has to start mm -hmm. in the family. Mm -hmm. Therefore, from a from a, and by the way, into, uh, mm -hmm. when you said family, mm -hmm. I know you're you're including mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. reference to the nuclear family. Oh, yes, yes. Right, has to yes. be the extended family. Yes. Eh? yes, yes, and the common law families and the common law family. You know, they, have, they have permutations. Yes, right, but it Definitely. has to. But we have to refocus there. You know. Yes, yes. I remember in one of the um election campaign. Don't know which one of them. Mm -hmm. Somebody, one of the party mentioned about um, a social, a social commission. Yes. And what yes. that commission will be doing will be focusing on mm -hmm. the social aspect mm -hmm. of the society, looking mm -hmm. at families mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to get back there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Now, we have to get the, back the, there. The, the project has started. The National Parenting Commission is in place. Right. And while it is just part of the, the story of the family, because parents is just one part of the family, but nonetheless, I think it is it is a significant step and it is a step in the right direction. And therefore, that commission has to be mobilized in a way that, um, you know, will we'll, we'll, we'll drive the process of getting into the family spaces. Uh, when former Prime Minister Portia Simpson Miller was um, leading the government, I was part of a group of people that wrote to her, indicate, and at the time, I think um, Minister Bunting was the National Security Minister. And we wrote to her, copy to him, suggesting that we needed social workers. Um, so, like one social worker to every, um, you know, 50 homes within a community. Now, my first call in thinking about that letter before we wrote it was really that it was the churches that should really be going into the homes. But I felt that the society was so fractured that it's obvious that the churches have fallen off in terms of their work because um, churches were known in the past to be very involved in family. If you think of the post-slavery situation where the, the, the free villages were set up by, by churches. So we, we, we were in the homes, but over time we have fallen off. So I'm suggesting, and others joined me in suggesting that one way to quickly cauterize and arrest 
the present, um, you know, malady in the home is to get social workers integrally involved in the family because they are trained to sense when things are going off the rail in terms right. of violence and mental, it's all about um, mental, uh, mental health, mental wellness, etc. Social workers are trained. So once they're on the ground, they can tell when a family is close to the brink. And so that murder that took place in Clarendon where one person slaughtered a mother and some children. Brother Byron, people in the community knew. Yes what was going on. Yeah. Now, that is something that you report to the police, yes, but even before it comes to the police, when the neighbors hear the quarrel between, I think it was, it was two family members. So there's the mother yeah. and yeah. the young man that, that, that yeah. I think was charged. Neighbors hear the quarrel. Now, at that point, it's not yet a police matter, but a social worker has the skills to intervene in that situation. And okay. churches have the skills to intervene, at least to go there and pray for the two people. And they don't have to be members of the church. Yeah. need to pray for them, you know, so that the family gets a sense that they are surrounded by support. People that are in their corner, willing to support them. That's part of the recipe for the kind of peace that I'm talking about. Uh, Bishop, yeah. I have to thank you. We could thank go you. on. Maybe we have thank to do part two, but this thank has you. been a very fascinating discussion. We have thank you. your thesis is thank that you. it is yeah. a more it is a moral yeah. or moralistic reformation yes. that we Absolutely. need Absolutely. going forward. But what's interesting is that your moral your 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 moral recipe is not a hairy fairy abstract thing. Yes. I mean, yes. Today, today I learned from you about lo loving action. Yes. Love, yes. An example of loving action is the yes. Jamaica mm -hmm. debt debt swap. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But very practical. Very practical love. Yes. yes. And, and, and you reminded us that um. Bob Marley's song is the international anthem yes. of love. One Absolutely, love. one love, definitely. The challenge yes. going forward is how do we apply that to our, our little nation here mm -hmm. going forward. Thank mm -hmm. you very much for this interview. Bless you, my friend. It's good to be here and call me back anytime. You have just come to the end of another episode of Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Spotify, Audible, Podcast Addict, or on Stitcher. Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, is powered by JN Bank.